Jeff, the last uh, topic that we were talking about was related to Emma and the We Call BS speech and the fact that she had her speech on your class notes. And as we know, of course, and as everyone by now knows, Emma is one of the founders of March for Our Lives. So I wanted to find out from you what your involvement was with them, even if it was just on the periphery. Um, I know that you were at the March in Washington because I was too. So your involvement, your experience with them, any advising you may have done as their government teacher. So whatever you can share about that. Yeah, I, th I think the actual, um, I guess <clears throat> was the best way to say it, the, the formation of March for Our Lives was was strictly the kids, you know, Cam and, and Alex and David and, and Emma and Delaney and the Deitches and whoever else was first involved with that. Obviously it grew to a, to, you know, to a nationwide thing now, um, organization now. Um, and they, you know, I mean, I appreciated it, but they credited me with giving them, I guess, the tools to understand how things work and how to attack, you know, in terms of trying to change policies. And and during, I guess I was more of a, of a steward, a, a outside advisor um, of the whole process. You know, they would, they would call me at, at sometimes all hours of the night. David specifically would call me a lot late night from like DC. And I remember one phone call when he called me and said, you know, Nancy, I have a meeting with Nancy Pelosi in seven hours. You know, what should I ask her? How should I approach this? And I mean, literally woke me up at 1230, you know, and I have, a, you know, my phone speaks like everybody else's phone. So it says, you know, David Hogg, because my mind's a girl's a British girl on my phone. And uh, <laughs> and my wife's not too keen to that, but that's OK. Uh, it's a different story completely. And, you know, so I, I, I kind of woke out of a slumber. And, you know, this is, you know, again, pretty close to when everything happened. So we're still sort of, you know, whether we talked about last time about, you know, death threats and random calls and whatever else. Right. So you know, the phone rings, you kind of get alarmed. And I start walking around my my house careful not to wake up my own children. And, and I kind of just listened to David and he was always sort of frantic anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just listening, just kind of talk. And he's introducing to me people on the phone that, you know, hey, by the way, this is blah, blah, blah from Washington, D.C. He's been helping us out. And, oh, hey, hey, Mr. Roster, I've heard about you. Oh, hey, Johnny, you know, whatever it was. It was, <laughs> there was stuff like that that happened a, a lot. And I was actually thinking about this the other day for some reason. Uh, my my youngest daughter and I were, were talking about, you know, Nicholas Cruz and the shooting and everything else and, and how the kids reacted afterwards. Because I guess they had a fire drill in their school like two days ago. So we were, we were literally just talking about this on a ride home from dance class. And it got me sort of when I was by myself, whether I was walking or running or doing whatever I was doing, thinking about the aftermath of those months with those specific kids and I remember them just coming to my classroom as almost like a sanctuary, you know, like, you know, no matter what class it was. And you you remember, I mean, yeah, really I had the same thing with the yearbook kids. Yeah, there, there really wasn't there was structure, but it was whatever you wherever you felt comfortable, you could go to. So, you know, at any time, you know, whether it was I mean, it, sometimes it'd be all day. Emma would be in my classroom mm -hmm. or Dave would be in my classroom or Delaney would be in my classroom. And, you know, they just knew it was a place that they could go and just sort of hang out and, and maybe even be themselves because they were obviously at this point many celebrities in school. I remember right. I was teaching Scott Beagle's freshman classes. I picked it up after he was 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 killed, mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't taught freshman in you know twenty years. But I I gladly took the class. I had one planning hour. I said I will take Scott's class that period. 
and Emma came in to ask me something or we were planning something, maybe maybe for the march, you know, with the buses or whatever. And and the kids, the young kids were just awestruck that Emma Gonzalez is in a class. And she was such a, it still is, such a nice kid yeah. that she sat around and talked to them. Hell, she might even have taken like some selfies with them for all I remember. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, individually the kids didn't really, at least on the surface, you know, at the school, it was always about something bigger. They weren't, you know, there, there were there were some. <laughs> I'm not going to call people out, but there were some teachers at our school that are that are that are friends of mine that couldn't get enough of trying to be on television. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and and they were and most of them actually are gone right now, which is kind of funny. But the kids, you know, weren't seeking the limelight. The limelight was sort of seeking them, mm-hmm. and they were happy to use the platform, just like myself and Sarah were happy to use the platform whenever we could to try to you know spread the word and try to prevent gun violence and try to talk about mental health. Um, and you know, it was it's it was it was an honor to teach them. I'm happy I had a small part of, of their development. Um, I'm not really in touch with them as much as I was those first couple of years. I steam occasionally. I'll send them birthday messages. I'll talk to you know whether it's through Twitter or something. One of them will reach out and say something. I know. I think it was last year during COVID. Um, I was just up like at one in the morning and I just texted Emma randomly and we talked for like an hour on text. Um, but. You know, they're all sort of doing their own thing. Some of them have moved on completely from it. They're still, you know, some are involved still. But, the, I mean, the organization itself is is still humming along. And, um, you know, as I said last time, the biggest thing I'm going to focus on right now is, is trying to get assault weapons banned in the state of Florida. And I, I sit on that committee with soon-to-be former Congressman Ted Deutsch, who just decided yeah, he was going to step down yesterday. Yeah, I talked to him today, actually, and, uh, you know, he's doing good things, but it's a little sad that he's he's leaving us. He's, he's our congressman yeah. that has absolutely fought with us from the day this this happened. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's a six-term congressman, and he's, he's moving on, which was kind of kind of surprising. But I, I, the, I know how politics work, and, and I've already been kind of assured who's going to get his spot because it's definitely a Democratic district, and it seems like they've sorted it out. And actually, the I'm not going to make an announcement now, but... The, the new congressman is slated to be, assuming he can win election, a former Douglas student. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. So okay, you can tell me um, who it is off the air because okay. I know you're in the know about everything, which right. will bring so me I, to an, my next question. But okay. before I get there, <laughs> just thinking about what you were saying when Emma came into Scott's class, a freshman, yes. like I had Emma when she was a junior she was in my journalism class so both of my kids knew that i had her and mm-hmm. when they all became who they became and emma became emma hannah who was nine at the time was so like over the moon about the cool things she was doing and she drew a picture of emma and wrote like we call bs and like insisted that I give it to Emma when I saw her. And I'm like, oh, right. honey, they're so busy in and out of school. But the first time that I saw her, it was she and Delaney and one of my yearbook kids. They were hanging out and like hunkered down in my room for forever. So I gave it to her and she was like so moved by mm-hmm. this picture. And like they were celebrities in and of themselves, but they were still kids. And to see... Yes the humility in getting a picture from a nine-year-old like i took a picture of emma holding the picture Mm -hmm. and showed it to hannah and 
Like she just couldn't believe it. But that's who yeah. these kids were and that's who they are. And, you know, to have known them before and to see what they've done since and well, during and since has just been amazing. And I didn't have them in the capacity that you did, but, you know, Delaney was in my room all the time before school and I had Emma and I knew David and I never had Matt or Ryan Deitch but I had Sam and I knew the boys from being in TV so like it was meaningful to me on my end because most of them were journalism kids and it was great to see them out there you know doing their thing um but I can only imagine as their government teacher you know seeing them put your lessons into action must was, have been super cool. It was pretty astonishing, yeah. And, and, and to speak, what you were just kind of talking, to piggyback what you were just saying, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I know we were talking about the great staff we have and the way we've sort mm -hmm. of, we're stewards for these kids. But there's no question that the kids, whether it, you know, just having, you know, my AP government class combined with, you know, newspaper, combined with television, combined with drama, combined with yearbook, you know, I mean, they, they, yeah. they were well-rounded kids, but they also were kids that were allowed to express their opinions and their views. And, and that was sort of, you know, expected in those classes. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, almost to a person, every one of those kids, if you checked about where they were, they were either in drama, they were either in TV, they were, you know, right. and so I mean, that, that combination of, of child is, is, is what did it. And I mean, I know people say, oh, it was a, there's no question that it was a confluence of, of like the perfect group of kids, but I've Absolutely. been asked this a lot over the years or the years, the four years, um, and I, you know, I've been there for, for 20 years teaching AP Gov and along with some excellent teachers in all those fields I just mentioned, I really believe that God forbid this happened eight years ago, 12 years ago, 16 years ago, the same kind of kids would have sprouted up. I really believe that based on, you know, the, the demographics we have, the, the, the resources these kids have, and again, the, the, the quality of, of, of education that we give at the school, I believe that, you know, it would have been a different cast of characters, but I still think the same thing would have would have happened and happened that quickly as well now it would have been yeah. as easy to do it no because social media wasn't around so it's not as easy right. to organize in you know 2002 but you know I, and I don't, I don't want to you know denigrate anything that group did but i've definitely had kids over the years that i absolutely could say yep jeff sarah johnny billy and mike would have absolutely you know jumped in those roles as well so um that's yeah. the question I, I i pondered a lot it's a question i was asked a lot and uh I think I've come to the same conclusion every time that, yes, I've had those kids before. And these kids, it, it's weird when you look at them because it was almost like they were they were cast. And I, it's, it's kind of funny because we talked about this last time about people thinking it was a false flag event and we were actors or whatever else. But, you know, you got the girl with the shaved head. You got the kid, the tall, gangly kid. You got the bright red haired kid. You got the cute little blonde girl with the glass. I mean, it was literally like they were all just like cast in a, in, right. in a movie. Um, and, that, and then when we, you know, when you, we go to D.C., you got the poor girl that that vomits during her speech on stage. Oh my god, that was you know, so I mean, it was just it was just a little bit of everything. And God, I have some stories yeah. from 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 that day. You know, it was it was so organized that day. But I remember walking that morning. You know, at eight fifteen, eight thirty, to walk over to the Capitol, sort of you know get to our position. And I had you know obviously the the passes to get wherever I wanted to go that mm -hmm. day. Um, and I got a call on my phone from a kid, Kai Korber who ended up being yeah, in my class the following year. And Kai was sort of on the fringe at the time of being in, in with, with that group, but he was younger than them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he really wasn't part of the core group, but I mean, he was, he was, you know, he was, he was involved, let's just say, and literally, you know, three or four hours before we were, the, we were starting, he's like, hey, 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 Mr. Foster, is there any chance I could get on stage and be one of the speakers today? I'm like, no, guy. <laughs> but, you know, we kinda, and again, he did a ton with me after that. I mean, he said, I'm yeah. going to Cal Berkeley, Berkeley right now. Yep. And, you know, I, I brought a group of kids the following year, his senior year, which was the next year. Um, to some middle schools to talk to young activists. And, and he came along with, you know, Jacqueline Corin and some of the others that spoke yeah. that day. But he, I mean, I didn't even really know him at the time. And he was so offended that I, that I like couldn't help him out. And I'm like, listen, man, this isn't, we didn't, we're not just, you know, picking straws today and figuring out who's speaking. We are, right. uh, like it's you know, a school we, we've got a lineup, we've got a lineup and it's <laughs> over and, you know, it's like locked and loaded and excuse that pun. Um, and, yeah. and, and the people, and the people are, you know, no one they're going to speak. We can't just slide you in between like Alex Wind and David Hogg, my friend. You know, we've got right. we've got a plan. You know, we've got celebrities singing and whatever else. But it, it was so funny that, you know, I think Mr. Rospierski, my friend Ernie, called me. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, Kai Korber's on the phone. He'd like to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. And then he asked me to <laughs> speak that day. I'm like, no, nah, bro. I'm like, I'm a, you won't be speaking today. So, but that was, that was very interesting. So. So, okay. So I know this because you and I are super friends, but the rest of the world doesn't know, or maybe they do, um, how unbelievably well-connected you have become since all of this. And you have been able to bring in outstanding graduation speakers. How did all of those like celebrity, athlete, like entertainment connections happen? It, it all, it, it was this, I mean, I have some friends, a couple of former students that are, that are agents in California. So that's the, the first one. There are two like super agents in California that were former students of mine that okay. sort of got me in the door with a lot of these people, but people, you know, sort of just got my number, whether it was through the kids, you know, or, or whether it was just, you know, seeing, you know, whatever, but like, so, you know, like I'm playing golf one day. Um, God, I'm going to forget her name. Cause I'm so bad with, with, with singers. Um, and I'm literally playing, you know, a month and a half of playing golf and, and oh, Kesha is her name. Kesha is a singer. Apparently yeah. she's a famous singer. I don't really know that genre <laughs> of music very well, but so I get a phone call and the mom's name, I believe is PB. And she's like, hi, Mr. Foster. This is PB, whatever your last name is from, but well, I'm Kesha's mom. And I'm thinking to myself, do I have her in my third hour class? I have no idea who Kesha is, you know, <laughs> um, like, what, what can I, what can I do? What can I do for you, ma'am? And she's like, well, my daughter in Macklemore want to come Macklemore I've heard of before want yes. to come down and they want to do a song about gun violence with, with your drama kids, with the kids that sang shine. And I'm like, all right, uh, how'd you get my number? And she goes, well, I called it and I'm like, okay, cool. So, um, so for the next 10 minutes, I'm trying to like, you know, put my phone on speaker so I can hit my golf shot, not to like be screamed at by the guys <laughs> behind me. And lo- long story short, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cut a deal with like two pretty famous stars and they're and you know the mom is like acting as their agent and i'm just you know a high school teacher on a golf course i'm like this is really really bizarre um as sarah knows since the song never happened the kids actually denied the request believe it or not they, they wow. didn't want to do it they didn't think that, they didn't think the song that that was pro- that was produced that they wanted the kids to like kind of sing background and, and with was told our story well so they said thanks wow. but no thanks which was which was Pretty impressive, actually. Um, but on I the other front, just to, kind of, to happen. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it was in the, I was working with Melody, our, our drama teacher, and going back and forth, and eventually I had to call the woman and say, like, sorry, you know, can't can't help. But I, I have reached out to her since, and we have done some things with them. You know, there's been so many events over the years that they've, they've helped out on. But specifically on graduation, I've got some crazy stories about graduation. That first year, you know, when we were, we were myself and a, a couple of my, my colleagues, you know, um, had, you know, basically like whatever golden passes during the March. So I was able to kind of go wherever I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, in the celebrity tent, basically off to the side when I wasn't, you know, next to the stage, listening to the kids speak. And, you know, it was a long day. So we'd go in for a refreshment or whatever in, else. I was in the fenced in area next to your celebrity fenced in area. So okay. I could, okay. I could so see them, have, but right. I so there were, there were, couldn't. They were, I wasn't they were cool everywhere. enough to be in that area. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, it just, <laughs> it's okay. Not that way. Um, but, you know, you look to your left and there's Nancy Pelosi. You look to your right and Jimmy Fallon's hugging you. There's Kevin Bacon. There's Dennis Rodman. There's Cher. There's George Clooney. There's, I mean, I, I, I that day, I, um, the first person I met that day, actually, I was walking around with Diego Pfeiffer, who was who was one of the March for Our Lives <laughs> kids, although he didn't speak that day. Um, and we ran into Steven Spielberg and his wife, Kate Kepshaw. I saw and, Steven Spielberg. And so they start talking to us and, and, you know, Steven talking and then Kate asked a question to directly to the kids. I don't remember which other two kids were there with me. And Kate, uh, Kate goes, uh, you know, have you ever done anything this big before to Diego? And he's like, well, I once organized a trip to Disneyland for like five of my friends. And, 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 and the belly last of those two were just like, it was, you know, the scale of this thing that these kids put on was so enormous. And, and, you know, but they, they were, they were great. And, you know, so, after sort of meeting everybody and everybody was, I remember Paul Rudd was there and spent like 25 mm-hmm. minutes, minutes with us. And, and afterwards, one of the per- people from uh, Parks and Rec actually sent us a homemade yeah, video that, that made, like Amy Poehler and everybody else just to wish the kids well. Yeah. And I mean, we showed it to all the kids. And so I, again, I thought to myself, okay, I've got all these contacts now. Let's try to capitalize on this to make, do something good for the community, specifically for the kids that went through what they went through. Right. So I immediately reached out to my my friend, John Beckerman, who works for uh, United Talent Agency, and said, I'd like to have Jimmy Fallon speak at our graduation this year. I think he's a perfect person. He could, you know, he, I just thought he'd have the perfect touch for that year's graduation in terms of the way he'd handle it. He, he, he wouldn't dwell too much on, you know, the sadness. I mean, we obviously knew, or at least I was well aware, and I'm sure most of the people were acutely aware as well, that... The graduation ceremony was going to be, I mean, painful. We knew it was going to be tough and sad. And and I thought if yeah. we could bring somebody to, you know, pivot back to what we're there for to celebrate the graduates, we'll spend that first half hour, you know, just, you know, celebrating the people that, that passed away. But at some point, it's going to be a celebratory thing. So right. I, reached, I reached out to, to Jimmy um, through John, spoke to his people a couple of times, spoke to him a couple of times, and they were they were pretty much in at the beginning. And without telling you the entire story, because I don't want to throw people wherever I got to throw them, but it was the administration and the school board were not going to accept it. They weren't going to allow it to happen. It was going to be political. It was going to be this. It was going to be that. And in myself and Sandy Davis, who's now an administrator at our school, she was like my biggest advocate. And I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. Sandy, this is going to happen. And again, to kind of fast forward through the whole story. Like the, the weekend before it was happening, like eight days before, I mean, he was booked, he was coming, they were paying for everything. I offered to play for the, the plane, the place to stay, They're like, no, NBC will cover it. Don't worry about it. We had talked a half dozen times going over 
the speech and what was good, what was bad. He really was looking for my advice to make sure that he didn't go too far wherever he was going to go. And he was amazing uh, the whole time. And I, he, I mean, I could literally pick up my cell phone and call him at any time of the day and his assistant would pick up or he would pick up and they were, they availed themselves to, to me whenever. Um, so the week, about eight days before I called the guy at the time, I think he was second or third in command in the County. Cause at, at that mm-hmm. point I had all their phone numbers too. You know, I was like the, 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 the dude at, at, you know, so whether I was talking to everybody, but the super at the time, literally <laughs> I could just pick up the phone and just call and be like, hi, Dr. Wanza, this happened today. This shit needs to stop. You know, right. so sorry, Mr. Foster. Uh, let the community know where, you know, I was like the spokesman for the community. It was, it was nice to have that power. I didn't abuse it, but it was nice to be able to pick up the phone or text somebody. And as, as yeah, Sarah knows, there were false alarms and we were, they were false reporting, like what was happening and without getting into that chaos. But there was a lot of angst going on at the school and the school board and the school itself wasn't doing an awesome job of, of, of dealing with it. And I, and I thought, screw it. I've got a direct phone call to someone. I'm calling this lady right now during my class. I'm going to step in the hallway and give her an earful and they were listening. So, so anyways, um, about a week before I called like the third in command, um, he's not in the school board anymore. So I can say what his name is Mike Ramirez. And I was, I had a few, I I had a few cocktails in me. It was a Friday. And I said, Mike, this Jimmy Fallon thing is, is happening. I don't care if the principal, I don't care if the superintendent, I don't care if they don't want it's, and if it doesn't happen, I said, I'm going to talk to David and Emma today who are aware that he's coming. I told a couple of the kids that he was coming um, and they're going to go on social media and just vilify you for, for taking this opportunity for, you know, someone to come and bring some, shed some light to the graduation ceremony. And then that Monday I was in the principal's office with a couple people in the county like, oh, no problem. He can come. I'm like, great. So um, that worked out really well. Uh, we did some other events with, with you know, celebrities um, whenever there was a chance, and this is going to be painful for Sarah, uh, when Harry Styles came down, who is her daughter's yeah. favorite person. Um, yes. I was actually away, but I got a, I got reached out to by, I think it was Delaney, actually, and she said, Harry Styles is coming. We'd really like to meet him. He's a big gun advocacy guy. Da, da, da. I said, no, so I picked up my phone. I called his people, and I got like 30 people backstage to meet Harry Styles. I was in the middle of Georgia, like on a mountain, and I was able to just pick up the phone and make that happen. And so I was the hero of every, you know, teenage girl in South Florida because I got to meet Harry Styles. But he was so gracious with the kids. Um, and you know, the following year, I was able to get Dwayne Wade to graduation. He was awesome. Dwayne was, a, you know, he came to our school after it happened. Obviously, he's a local guy. So that was an easy, easy connect. And then so the, funny the- story I heard. So I OK, I was still sharing the room with Melissa because that was right. the year it was right after everything happened. And her classroom is right above the cafeteria. So when I heard that Dwayne Wade was downstairs, I told Melissa I was leaving. I like pushed the kids out of the way. I ran downstairs and I got a picture with him. And I know that the people listening have no idea, you know, how short I am, but (laughs) I am barely five feet tall on a good day. And he put his arm around my shoulder and his hand is like as big as my face. Right. And it's such a huge height difference and it's such a hilarious photo. But that was so cool. And his speech was amazing. Right. Great. Jimmy Fallon's speech was amazing. Great. Oh, my God. It was so great for, for, for us, too, yeah. not just for the kids. Correct. Correct. Now, they're both they so both good. were fabulous. Um, funny story on the height. I'm 6'4", as you know. 
And just yesterday was the anniversary of when I got to take about a dozen kids from our school, another dozen kids from Miami to a Golden State Warriors practice when they came down I to play the Heat. That. Because Steve Kerr, dad, was killed in gun violence when he was yep. in um, Beirut. So we got invited by the Warriors to come down there. And on my Echo yesterday, in my I don't mean to do an Amazon commercial here, but on my on my Echo was a picture of me and Kevin Durant with our arm around each other. And KD's only like, he's supposedly 6'10". He only looks about a half a head taller than me in the picture. So I don't know if he's lying about his stats. But so him and Steph I mean, and I all the guys. My and height, and, and, and that, was, that was a great day. But uh, yeah, I mean, to fast forward to last year, we got Joe Biden to speak at our graduation via. Yeah, we did. You know, last year. So last year was wild. I mean, uh, last year, like the group of people and people, remember, Sarah, people were freaking out. Like um, there was a story that, you know, that we didn't come through. And I, how can we not give a, a, a graduation speech you know, to, to those seniors? And I already had like 18. So like Sarah helped out too. Like 18 sure to 20 did. celebrities lined up from Harry Styles to, to the president I, of the United States, for God's sake. I mean, I would like so. everyone to know that as soon as Jeff got the video from Harry Styles, he came over to my classroom with the computer so that I could watch it. <laughs> yes, but then I wasn't allowed to say anything, which was killing me. Right. Because not only are, you know, all the girls huge Harry Styles fans, but so is my daughter, as Jeff mentioned. And when I told Hannah that he was going to be at gra or speaking at graduation, like, I think her brain fell out of her head. Yeah. I'm like, it's by He's video, Han. You're not missing anything. So yeah. I showed her the video and she's like sobbing in the corner. He was but he was in the middle of, was, of making a movie and just gave the nicest, kindest speech about yeah. being kind to each other. I mean, it was everything was so heartfelt from these people. And I, I really enjoyed as much as I loved having Jimmy, as much as I loved having Dwayne and, and spending time with them and having them talk to the students or whatever else. It was really cool to have the variety of speakers last year. Oh, yeah. We really tried to get I mean, we had everybody got, from who I got Tim Tebow. I got yep. Shaq and the whole TNT basketball. The TNT, which crew. was amazing. That was a that was I cried when I saw that bit. That bit was absolutely Isn't that good? beautiful. Um, what's it called? Jennifer Hudson. We had we had um, Demi Lovato. We had we yeah. had someone. We had Lil Nas X. We had somebody for everyone last year, and then it, it ended. It culminated with the President of the United States oh giving the, uh, the the final speech. I, so when, I believe, you know, I regardless cried of the politics, the president up. spoke. So it was it was a perfect ending to those. Four years. Um, we're yeah. really, I mean, I'm I'm happy that those kids have all gone now and, and hopefully mm -hmm. are moving on. Um, the parents this year at, at Parent Night, Mr. Foster, who are you bringing for graduation this year? I'm like, whatever teacher wins Teacher of the Year is giving the graduation speech this year, guys, because that that part of you know my life is closed. They still call me all the time to you know meet people at concerts and whatever else. And unfortunately, Harry Styles came recently. And they were more than willing to meet our kids again, including Sarah's daughter. But because of COVID, they said they can't talk to anybody directly. So we'll have to catch Harry on the flip side next time. But uh, yeah, that was um, a sad day in the Learner House. It was pretty I'm amazing. Hit, just I'm watch that. next time. As, as you said, Sarah, just a minute from anybody, a second from anybody of, of that celebrity, just put such a smile on the kids' faces and even the adults' faces. Oh, that, it was that, the that, coolest that, thing that it made their day. You know, I mean, we. Myself and, and Mike Marino, I mentioned last week, he was my neighbor that we kind of escaped together that day. We were singing the, sh the, the song Shine, which our kids produced for, you know, to, to, to you know, deal with what happened. And it was sung at, at the march. We were singing with Kevin Bacon and his wife, like they were next to us. And we were like literally saying, and here they were trying to learn the words with us. And it was just such a strange moment, but it was, it was cool too. We're like, this is, this is pretty cool. We should, 
we should double date. My wife, I'll give her a call when we get home. We should like go out. Uh, you know, you can fly us up to New York for the weekend. And we can hang out, Kev. No, they were they were super cool, and it, it was it was nice. And I, I'm happy that all that happened. I mean, I wish, as I've said many times in other you know interviews that I've had, I wish that obviously I didn't meet any of those people because that means none of this would have happened. You know, but it, but it's right. cool that they did take the time to try to even if it's for just an afternoon, make someone's life a little a little richer for that moment. Because as you know, with, with this, with this trauma, you know, kids go in and out of, of happiness as do adults. And it's nice that you can kind of have that memory and maybe even look back at it as such a pod. Like when I saw the pictures yesterday on my Echo, I was like, oh, that was a cool day. You know, that was a mm-hmm. really fun day. So, and it so it's nice cool to, have- to I mean, it was cool to even play like a small part in getting the speakers for you for graduation because like I'm watching the video back and I'm like, Oh my God, I got that person. And I know who they are. And like, you know, you have been such a huge, huge part of all of that, obviously, but you know, to, to know that I could help you out in helping the kids was super cool. It It was great. It was absolutely fabulous. Yep. And then, uh, to, to, I mean, at one point last year, I'm walking around my pool with my dog in the backyard and I'm on speaker with like the president and like one of his right hand people talking about the tenor of the tone of his speech. I'm just like, this oh is God. absolutely insane. You that know? Insane. So, yeah. You know, I felt like I was like, like, like a West Wing episode or something, you know, <laughs> like I was a character actor or something for the moment. So, <laughs> but, Okay. Yeah. So changing, switching gears a little through everything that you worked on and went through and helped the kids, you wrote a book called For Which We Stand, which was published by Scholastic. So Mm -hmm. I would love to know how all of that came about. And I know what the response has been, but if you could tell everyone how amazing the response has been to your book. Like, it's just crazy. It's, it's, it's been great. I mean, I always thought that I would write a book when, when I was young because I've always really enjoyed writing. I didn't know I would write a government book. It makes sense that I write a government book because I've taught government now for you know 20 plus years and I, I love politics. Um, the fact that I wrote it for you know elementary to really maybe like eighth grade, although high school or hell adults could use it to, to understand how politics work as well. But it's, it's geared towards that, you know, fourth grade that ninth grade level um the way it really materialized is again i was on vacation in georgia that's where my sister and, and parents live that's why i'm in georgia all the time in these stories um and i got a phone call from emma's former agent actually who i became friends with her name is wendy zipes hunter and she called me we were friendly at the time you know again she was you know involved with the march and everything else and and she represents a lot of different industries and she said that her cousin or aunt i don't remember which one i should probably know since i've since completed the book and you know whatever it's been <laughs> successful um is an editor uh or publisher excuse me at scholastic and she was talking to them just in a random meeting because you know, she meets with her all the time because she's got so many clients about certain things and said that they were thinking about writing a, a like a kid's government book and wendy said i know exactly who you want to write it and she called me and sort of just said hey i told them you and they want to talk to you tomorrow and i'm like Sounds good. And so they called me the next day. I talked, there was four women on the line from the, from Scholastic. And we did a little conference call from my, I was in my sister's bedroom, just hanging out and my kids and wife went out. So I kind of had the room to myself. And we 
talked about it, what the vision was. Um, and I told him by the end of the day, I would have, you know, a, a rough outline of what it was going to look like. And honestly, got out of my head, I just kind of did my curriculum chapter by chapter, you know, constitution, yeah. federalism, interest groups, da, 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 down the line. Um, and then, you know, talk the next day and they said, you know, okay, we'll, we'll talk to Wendy and she'll, you know, we'll have an offer for you, you know, within, you know, whatever the week. And I got the call, they made a nice offer. I said, yes. And this was the summer of 19 and the book was finished by the winter of 19. So I, I started it, I want to say late August, early September. And what I did is I took those outlines and if it said political parties, I wrote as much as I knew about political parties, as much as I taught about political parties. And during it, I would put like, we need a graph of this here. We need a chart to hit this here. We need a fun fact about this here. Um, and I didn't illustrate it. I'm not that talented. Um, I don't know if I'm talented at all, but I'm definitely not that talented. Um, <laughs> although the kids do enjoy my drawings in class, I can tell you. You should see me draw a U.S. map when I talk about uh, you know how people vote. That's always an entertaining moment because I draw a box and I put a little thing, <laughs> put a little thing to the main, and that's my map. Yeah, I can't, um, I can't draw either. And, and I went back and forth uh, with the editor, and it, it was great. You know, I mean, it, the, the greatest joy of the whole it was it was really fun. I mean, I, I every you know second that I had that I wasn't teaching, I was working on the book. I mean, yeah. Saturday morning I was up, I was working on the book. Sunday morning I was up, I was working on the book. You know, plan. I don't have planning, but lunchtime working on the book. Stay after school for an hour working on the book. Um, so I'd send it to my editor. She'd send it back to me. I'd put notes. She'd put notes. You know. And, and we and we did it that way. And then so it, it it finishes. I finally finished it. So you know, I gave her. I, I don't mean to go backwards. I wrote one. Um, what was the test one? Oh, I did a um, a test chapter on the electoral college just to show I knew what I was talking about. Okay. So I wrote a chapter. You know, quickly, maybe like in a day and a half, out of my head about everything about the electoral college, every possible scenario, et cetera, how it works. Da 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 da. And they're like, this is awesome, great, let's get to work on the Constitution, federalism, have that by, you know, a week. And originally they said to me, again, I started like probably, probably the beginning of September, I would say. Um, they said we'd like the first half by Thanksgiving, the last half by the first of the year. I'm like, whoa, 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 I've got a full-time job. This is going to be a 200-page book. This isn't a, you know, a flip children's book. This is a like a basically a, a textbook right. almost. Um so we, they sort of gave me a little bit more time, but I still we still pretty much finished by that that end of the year date. Um, and again, the coolest part was I think it was maybe was it March, April? I don't remember exactly when. Now it could have been that early. But when I got the first copy of the might have been that early copy of the book on the computer, and it was just a, you know it wasn't it was really rough in terms of the way it looked, but to see it go from a word document to a to a book with the pictures in there, even though they all weren't in there, but to see some of the graphs and some of the things I imagined, um, it was cool. And, and some of the stuff, you know, I couldn't find when I wanted to get a graph maybe on like how a bill becomes a law, there really wasn't anything awesome on Google to kind of say what I wanted to say in terms of, so I literally just drew the thing out the way I draw it in class on my board and just drew it on a big, you know, um, piece of typewriter paper, I guess, or printer paper, I guess you call it now, yeah. typewriter paper. Now I'm really aging myself, huh? Um, and I just scanned it to him and sent it to him, and that was what they used for that or the way the courts yeah. work. I mean, those are just my rough drawings that are in the book. And when I finally got the first copy in my hand, it was a not-for-sale copy, and I'd say about 85% of it was done 
with all the colors and all the graphs and all the pictures. And, and occasionally there'd be a spot that said, you know, picture to go here. They had decided on what it was. And now here we are, you know, it came out in September of 2020, right? 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. It's March. It's March of 2022. And we put our second edition out already. So wow. we, upped, we, we updated it last year. We have Biden in there now. We have Amy Coney Barrett in there now. We have Kamala Harris in there now. We have the runoff elections from Georgia in there. So we took, right. you know, 17 of the pages and added some charts and added some graphs. We have Trump's second impeachment in there. So we kind of, I'm hoping, you know, <laughs> Trump's impeachment, I get the thumbs up. I see that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that over, over, you know, every, whether it's, we thought maybe it was going to be every four years, but depending on what happens, you know, again, it's not yeah. a history book, it's just politics, but, you know, like right now, Breyer's stepping down and Jackson's going to be the next Supreme Court justice, it looks like. So whatever the next copy is, we got to get her into the book, you know, so maybe it'll be That's every so two cool. years after every election cycle. But uh, yeah, so, so it's cool that it's, it's still like, like the constitution, it's still living and breathing and, <laughs> and, and being amended. So, so I, so I hope that, uh, it, it persists. I'm really curious to see. I mean, I, I can track sales on like the big box stores like Amazon and stuff like that. And it's been doing well. Um, this is the first year, the first really semester that it was in schools for the scholastic book sales. So I'm curious That's to so see. Cool. I, mean, I, I got I got pictures from all over the country from my friends, former students, like, look what I saw at my kid's book fair today. I'm like, That's awesome. You know, it, it's, it's really cool to see. So, so the uh, day that you said it, that you had a book that was being published, which I didn't even know. So you're very good at keeping secrets, by the way. Right. Yeah. I immediately yeah, I, went I on Amazon and I, or I ordered your book <laughs> and I may have fangirled when I had you autograph it for me. That was fun. And, I remember being in class that day. Yeah. Yes. And I will tell you, I have read your book and as we all know, I am incredibly political, not a government teacher. Right. But, you know, I know things yeah, and sure. like there's stuff that I learned that I guess maybe I didn't know or I didn't fully understand. So it is definitely an all ages book, but the the love and the the time and of course, you know, the decades of knowledge that have gone into this book is huge. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And it's such a cool thing. And, you know, to have it now at a scholastic book fair and something that, you know, your daughters may mm -hmm. use in school, like, right. you know, that that is a cool thing. So I'm glad you had the opportunity to do this because this is something that be, will yeah, continue it, on and on. Which is and it's awesome. a nice it's a nice roadmap at the end to those last that last big chapter of how you become an activist about how you can yeah. participate in politics whether you're four or whether you're 84 you know that's what it tries to tell you there which is which is you know incredible and, and to have you know martin luther king jr's granddaughter oh, write the forward to the book was pretty cool that was and that was, was we, we we thought about having like david or emma or do it uh, but because it's geared towards that age group like it would be great if if you know, she could. Yeah, it. she was perfect, and I heard Lana, her Lana at great. the march. And yes. oh my god! Yes, she she was great. Oh. But the, a couple funny stories, though. Like I, I've got friends, you know, that that purchased it, and and other, the the two things that, in I mean, 
a couple of my really good friends, one of them was like, oh, I thought it was just going to be like a 20 page, like picture book. I'm like, no, bro. It took me like six months. And then, and then literally I was, I was hanging out with my buddy on his 50th birthday. We did a zoom thing during COVID and there were like eight of us and we were drinking. It was a Saturday night. And, and, and my good friend, Eric, who I grew up with, one of my best friends forever, he's in Atlanta now. He's like, you didn't have a ghostwriter or you didn't? I'm like, and here, it's actually a funny story. Cause when they first, when they first pitched me, and maybe it was to elite, you know, to to assuage my fears. I guess they 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 seemed like they wanted to. They were leaning towards. And if you need some help, we can get you somebody to help. Well, guess what? That person was never called because I wrote every freaking word in the book. So when Eric asked me, I kind of laughed. I'm like, he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, man. I wrote every every word of the book. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty and, sure I didn't have a ghostwriter. And then, and then, the, <laughs> and then the other part about it that was kind of funny in the end was at the end of it. Um, when the fact checkers were in there. So, you know, you go through the edits, then you go through the fact checkers because it's a, yeah. obviously a non-function book. And one of the fact checkers, you know, they'd write to you in the margins and get back to you. And they're like, we can't find this anywhere. You know, what's your source? I said, my brain. I said, this is, this is, it's true. And they're like, well, we can't. I'm like, I'm telling you, you can absolutely print it with no worries because that is absolutely how this works, you know? And I had to do that like three or four times. I'm like, yeah. No, I didn't get it from like Wikipedia. This is all. Did I look up something occasionally to make sure I didn't screw it up? You know, like whether, you know, certain states. But no, most of it was literally just from my brain. And if, and if there was a mistake, I'm like, yeah, you might be right. I, you know, that's something I taught for eight years. Maybe I, maybe I mixed up the states or something, you know, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I was even pushing for more additions to the book. Like I really wanted to get into the, like the reapportionment, which happens this year with the census. Um, I kind of knew early which states were gaining and which states were losing seats. And I kind of wanted to, to mention that in the book, but they're like, no, let's wait till the next reprint just in case those numbers change because they weren't, they weren't hard numbers yet. It was sort of like the soft estimates. I'm like, yeah. I promise you Florida's getting another electoral vote. I promise you we're getting another district, but they didn't want to take that chance, which is cool. I understand we didn't want a mistake in, in the book, but uh, no, it's cool that like runoff elections are like known now because of what happened in Georgia, you know? And that wasn't in the original print of the book because runoff elections rarely happen at the right. national level. So now, bang, it's in the book with the second with the second edition, which is which That's is pretty so cool. cool. It's pretty cool how quickly they they flipped it. It literally took me an hour and a half to write the eighteen pages of of changes because they were just short, you know, like maybe two right. sentences on one one sentence on the next, and they had that book ready to go, you know, a month later. I'm like, damn, it's nice to work for a big publisher, you know? Yeah, no so, kidding. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And they were real supportive. Classic's been amazing from the start. They're they're great to work with. So a little plug for them, yeah. So Jeff, I just want to thank you so much for being with us, being such a wonderful friend and such an outstanding educator. And I know I know the students you've had as long as I've been at Douglas and how much they have enjoyed having you. And I know I've said this a million times, but I can't wait until you get to have my kids and then I will let you retire. <laughs> and when you retire, I would like that Obama cutout that you have in your classroom. It's yours. Yes. <laughs> What about the cutout of me I have in my classroom now? I want that one too. Okay, I'll yeah, take all, all right. the cutouts. All right, excellent. Thank you. Yep, thanks. That was a good ending. I'll, I really I'll, do want the Obama cutout. <laughs> okay, you argue that. <laughs> argue, argue the swag later, all right? We got recordings now.
All right.